Hello, everyone. Welcome back, or welcome to the Earth Quarry Podcast. We're back. Um, it's late. Uh, this episode's late. Um, I'm recording this on the 8th. It's supposed to come out on the 1st. But, you know, New Year's and stuff got wild. Um, you might notice maybe I sound a little bit different, hopefully better. Um, I got a new microphone. So, you know, Santa, Santa came through. So now maybe I'm a real podcaster. Um, I'm still getting used to using it. So I don't know. I might spend more time actually working with it. Who knows? Um, knowing me, probably not. Um, also, I made a logo. I just went on a logo making website and I, I finally did it. And it took all of 20 minutes. Um, I guess this is also the first episode of season three. Um, so I split the seasons by year. Um, Season one was 52 episodes, so I released an episode every week. Um, that was a lot. And, you know, some episodes are really good. I think some of the best episodes ever made were in season one. Um, and last season one uh, got cut. Uh, last of the episodes are no longer listenable. I apologize for that. Um, season two was obviously last year's 12 episodes. Um, fun fact, I only had one guest uh, throughout all of season two. Um, I'm looking to change the format for season three. I gotta see. It really depends on my own ability to do stuff um, behind the scenes because, uh, you know, I want to not like grow the show viewer listenership wise. I honestly like whatever. I have like eight consistent listeners. So uh, power, power to you, eight. <laughs> um, you know, if you want to be a ninth, tell your friends. If you want there to be nine, tell your friends. But uh, like just because I want to uh, grow in my own creating uh, of stuff and that I want, uh, you know, to make the show more in line with what I think a good show is, um, if that makes sense. But uh, yeah, on to 2023. Um, this episode is going to be sort of a recap of all the things I liked in uh, 2022. So um, throughout the year, I do a few episodes that are like um, like fall in review, whatever, winter in review, spring in review. Um, and those are the episodes I talk about things I'm interacting with in the media. And uh, the end of the year is when I rank them. Uh, I tell you what is the best. I, I affirm your um, own tastes and talents. You know, I, I personally, I watch a lot of YouTubers, uh, video game YouTubers, anime YouTubers, talking about their favorite things of the year so that I am affirmed that uh, I too like good things. Um, and that's that's what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to make sure, you know, you look back at all the media you consumed. Um, and we're not just talking about media today. Don't, don't, you, don't you worry. Uh, but all the media you consumed and then you feel good about consuming that media. So you spend more money uh, to support your local billionaires, uh, support your local millionaires, you know, if you're not consuming, if you're not watching enough Disney Plus content, then you are in the right place. Um, this is not sponsored by Disney Plus or Crunchyroll um, as anime is one of our uh, categories. Um, the categories, though, in case you are un unsure um, for this year that I'm reviewing are anime, uh, video games, television, um, podcasts. I'm going to you know, give you some podcast episodes that I think are, you know, worth listening to uh, that I really liked uh, this year. 
and um, some training stuff because I always talk about training and then some general trends uh, that I you know noticed throughout the year that uh, were cool or that I bandwagoned on. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, so for anime, that'll be our first category. I'm first. I'm gonna tell you all the sort of shows that I I watched this year, and uh, then I'll give you sort of the criteria for you know what I'm picking for our tops. Um, so with no further ado. Um, I'll start, maybe I'll do this sort of chronologically by season. Uh, so 86 and Ranking of Kings, uh, both shows I watched, both shows I'd highly recommend, especially Ranking of Kings. Um, but they started airing in 2021, so they are out of the running, uh, in terms of best show of the year. Princess Connect Redrive, Redive Season 2, Sabaku Bisco, My Dress Up Darling, Birdie Wing, Golf's, Gr- Girls Golf Story, uh, Ascendance of a Bookworm Season 3, Science Fell in Love Season 2, Love After World Domination, The Executioner Way of Life, Ya yeah Boy Kan Ming, uh, Shikamori is Not Just a Cutie, Licorice Recoil, Akiba Made Wars, Bochi the Rock, uh, which I'm currently watching right now, so I'm, I'm not going to place it on any list. I would highly recommend it based on what I've seen, uh, but it's not going to be one of my tops. Um, to Your Eternity Season 2, my Hero Academia Season 6, Mob Psycho Season 3, Spy X Family Season 1 Part 2, and Chainsaw Man. Um, so when when I'm ranking these, um, I'm, I'm going to give you five, maybe five like tops. And maybe after through that, I'll, I'll say this was like the best show of the year. Um, but uh, it's, it's hard with anime because it, I, I watch a couple genres, uh, let's say. I watch a lot of what's called like shonen, um, which is anime made for twelve-year-old boys, <laughs> essentially, uh, which is people fighting and then usually shouting. Um, then I watch a little bit more um, now, more than ever, like more rom-coms, romantic comedies. Um, you know, there's the, the whole genre of like cute girls doing cute things, which I think Bochi the Rock uh, falls into. I don't watch a ton of that. Um, I watch some comedy. I'm getting a lot more into music anime uh, or music, you know, affected anime. Um, not necessarily like idol stuff, but like Ya Boy Kunming. Uh, I need to look up. Did that actually air this year? I don't think it did. I think it was a 2021 show that went into this year. I'm going to look it up live because I was too lazy to do that before. Um, if you don't remember, your point coming uh, is about, let's see, when did it air? Oh, first episode, April 5th, 2022. Sweet. Um, I feel like I remember watching that at New Year's last year, but anyways, must have been a different thing. But um, yeah, it's, it's about um, a person from Three Kingdoms era China uh, getting essentially isekai transported into modern day Tokyo where he tries to become a music producer. And it's super lit. Um, anyways, on, on to my top five. Um, I'll give you them in no particular order. I'll give you a little bit about them, and then I'll, I'll crown the king. Um, so the first one I want to shout out uh, is Mob Psycho Season 3. So Mob Psycho is, is a show about um, a boy named Mob, um, and he has this incredible psychic powers. He's uh, what's called an esper in the show. And he's arguably the strongest one in, you know, the the universe of the show. Um, but 
he doesn't think that's a valuable thing about him because he sees these as some not anything he's earned um and and he wants to be ordinary he wants people to respect him due to something he's like achieved versus something that's uh just inside of him um so mob psycho season three itself was almost like an epilogue um i think it ended really well i think it struck the landing i think the season though obviously being season three and this is a tightly uh knit um narrative like it required season one and two to really get the most out of it um so i'm not going to crown it as a king but i would highly recommend um, watching all throughout Mob Psycho, like watching, you know, from season one on to season three, I think it's it's done now. Like the manga's done, the anime's caught up, it's it's finished. Um, I think it is. We're gonna look back and and see it as one of those shows, like um, Cowboy Bebop. I think it's gonna be one of those shows that like um, really stands the test of time as as you watch Mob grow. And uh, season three is really about like showcasing how much Mob has grown from from the beginning, and just uh, you know him on his journey, him accepting who he is. All right, um, show number two. I'm gonna throw it out to the chorus recoil. Um, so the show is a weird mix between uh, cute girls doing cute things and a shonen. Um, essentially, the chorus recoil is about. Um, this group of highly trained, um, essentially assassins in Japan who, uh, who work to stop crimes. They use this AI to stop crimes essentially before they happen or immediately after they happen. So people in Japan think it's super safe. And uh, these people completely blend in. They're not known by uh, the regular people because they're all Japanese schoolgirls, um, which sounds ridiculous. It is. Um, essentially, imagine watching John Wick um, but John Wick is, is Keanu Reeves is replaced with a Japanese schoolgirl as she goes about uh, not murdering people, though, because she uses rubber bullets. So, uh, you know, the rating isn't off the walls. Um, don't worry. Tons of people still die. Um, yeah. And, and it's just like, you know, her um, the main character and her sidekick essentially like trying to kind of live this life of, of being these essentially super spies. Uh, but the main character herself does not want to kill anyone um, and trying to change society or at least like find their way through this situation like that. And there's some more genre going on. The animation pops. Uh, I thought the characters were really well done. Um, overall, it's it's a weird like comfortable to watch. It's comfy to watch. Well, you have some 10 out of 10 insane action shots. Um, all right, show number two done. Show number three, um, I wanted to put a like traditional rom-com on this list for sure uh, to show that I have some sort of taste uh, or, or like difference in what I like. Um, and I'm going to put My Dress Up Darling on the list. Um, so this is a show about Gojo. He's, he's a dude. And Marlon, Marilyn, I believe is her name. Um and it's sort of like they have a pseudo romance um but my dress of darling so gojo is kind of a a nerd he he lives with his grandpa making traditional japanese dolls and uh that's that's his like bread and butter he re- really wants to like do that um gojo is a very like introverted guy he uh he's honestly like really hard working and stuff and uh, and marlin is a super weeb um 
Marilyn, I think is her name. I'm going to pronounce as Marilyn from now on. She's a super weeb who loves doing cosplay, which if you don't know is dressing up as anime characters. And uh, she is terrible at like sewing and making stuff. And Gojo just happens to be really good at that uh, due to making these Japanese dolls. So they form a friendship um, and Gojo learns more about like anime and stuff. Um, when I first started watching the show, I thought Gojo was the biggest simp because he, he's re- very socially anxious and he has a lot of trouble like communicating. Um, but as, as I watched the show, I realized like Gojo is just a com- like pretty competent, normal dude who has like a full range of feelings and emotions. Um, and, and he's like slowly sort of falling in love or maybe, uh, with, with Marilyn, um, who is a huge weeb um normally when you have like lots of rom-coms in anime you have like a blank slate uh protagonist or the man who's kind of like you know you can really project on and then you have like this quote-unquote like perfect uh you know girl that he somehow romances and and the whole point is like the dude's supposed to like think of themselves as the guy who's romancing the like quote-unquote perfect um anime waifu um but in this case honestly gojo is the perfect person um he like can kind of got everything locked down he's a fully realized human being well uh well marilyn's a huge weeb um so i i thought that was really good the animation was good um the story i thought was really good it's only 12 episodes i would give it a watch um even if you're not into cosplay um if you're into romance in general I think the slow burn will really get you. Um, anyways, that was number three. Number four, uh, I'm going to give it to Chainsaw Man. So the author of Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man is a manga first, anime second, like most. Um, fun fact, the course recoil was not. But anyways, Chainsaw Man is, is about Denji, uh, who grew up super broke um, due to the mob and killing devils. There's devils in this universe, and he kills kills them with his devil chainsaw fa- um, dog and eventually he uh, runs into these devil hunters which work for the Japanese government uh, hunting devils um, and he joins them and Chainsaw Man's thing is uh, you know when he pulls this rip cord or this like cord on his uh, chest he gets um, a chainsaw comes right out of his face right out of his forehead and his hands uh also become chainsaws and then he fights people (laughs) and the animation is sick i i think the characters are really really well done um this anime is full of like symbolism it's really good the author is known for not really caring about trends uh so there's lots of like subversion of your disbelief type deal um as as you watch the show um overall I don't want to spoil it too much because like going into it blind I think is the best. If you like off the wall action as well as like very good I think character writing. I think all the characters in the show are fully realized people. Um, and if you like I don't know memes. I feel like there's a lot of memes in this show. Um, you'll love Chainsaw Man and it's gonna air for a while. Um, I don't know how long running it's gonna be because I'm not a source reader. Um, but what how they recommend it's very action-packed it's very bloody and gory uh one thing i do really like about chainsaw man so denji the main character is 16 he thinks he's not sure his actual age 
but most of the characters are actual adults and they do actual adult things um so far every anime i've mentioned um you know they've been kids uh which is very common in you know anime in general but uh it's, it's nice seeing like mostly adult characters because there's more adult themes if that makes sense uh which you can kind of you know interact with more um all right before i get into my top anime of the year just some like special recommends um science fell in love season two the show's like it's just super nerds um trying to have a relationship but they're too nerdy to like actually do it because uh they're they're too sciencey and love's like abstract so they're trying to like discover what love is um and i think it's a hilarious rom-com very stupid uh one of the dumbest shows i've ever seen highly recommend it um akiba made wars i love this show it's um japanese like made cafes but they're all also mobsters um super dumb <laughs> great show there's lots of gunfights uh lots of just like characters who are mobsters but like also dressed in like cow dresses and stuff like that very stupid um highly recommend and uh i, I look forward to what that studio is going to make next um to your eternity season two i love the show it's about an immortal orb named uh fushi um who can take on the form of things that have died that he like has a you know relationship with essentially and it's just him kind of living his life while the world around him changes and people want to use him or abuse him or you know work with him um and he of course has enemies in that um but what would i say it's like it's not like a top billing show but i think it's a very interesting show um my top show of the year uh because i googled it and realized it came out in 2022 yeah boy con like what a dumb show by the way this is the same studio that later makes akiba made wars um this show is 10 out of 10 there's a rap battle um it's just pure anime stupidity in the best possible and somehow it works um so coming he's not really the main character but essentially he appears in modern day tokyo and gets into like the music scene and tries to get this one artist um who's really like um really fun really bubbly to like become successful and uh, uses all of his like chinese war knowledge um to somehow do this so you know every every once in a while they'll be like doing a concert and everything will be like why is this working and then coming will be like oh i learned this lesson during this battle in china and, and it's just like what um honestly very much a show that's like peak anime um that i i would highly recommend um all right off of the anime section though um i'm gonna go let's go to television i have video games next to my script but let's go to television um so why i separate anime and television in these by the way is that uh, i would say television television is western made media um whereas like anime is not um i only have five shows i want to talk about so um i'll just quickly talk about all of them um so first in the realm of star trek we 
Star Trek fans are eating good this year. Uh, Strange New Worlds came out, I believe, this year. Um, and honestly, one of the best Star Trek shows, I think, of the modern era. Um, especially that season, it was really a callback to the original series, a callback to the next generations. It was very positive. And the characters were fun. The characters were great. Um, and, you know, one episode, it actually really looks at um, uh, original series episode. And, you know, it's it's back to being episodic. Um, there's some longer running plots through the season, like there generally was in TNG, or at least throughout the series. Um, but they really don't affect the day-to-day operations of the episodes. And I think it, it was like comfortable i think if you grew up watching tos or tng sorry uh the original series or the next generation uh you will really like strange new worlds um now captain pike was reintroduced in uh star trek discovery season two i believe but i do not think that is required watching to really get strange new worlds um they reference it a few times but only only in passing uh strange new worlds overall great show uh lower decks which is the animated star trek show honestly it just keeps slapping um it's a comedy if you love star trek if you've watched way too much star trek and want to laugh about it highly recommend lower decks um i'll I'll leave it at there one of the i think funniest shows um that i watch in general um in star wars land we had two kind of main series this year two live action series this year um, and that's the Kenobi series and Andor series, and I won't talk about them too long. Um, the fan base, I would say, is really like, Andor is a way better series than Kenobi. Maybe don't watch Kenobi. I I hold this opinion about Star, Star Wars, and I think it's true that uh, there's two different quality barriers <laughs> with Star Wars. So, like, there's stuff that's good in terms of Star Wars. So if you look at all the Star Wars media... Like, there's stuff that's just generally good Star Wars. Like, it's, it's good in all the things that Star Wars tries to be, which is, like, a bombastic space opera with laser swords. And, you know, it's it's very, like, uh, what's the word? Um, almost like a soap opera. You don't really expect things to be, like, super realistic and stuff. Um, and then there's shows that are actually good outside of the realm of Star Wars media. Um and I'd say that's our situation here. I think Kenobi is some of the best Star Wars we've seen in a while. Um, I think it really like shows the arc that uh, Obi Wan goes through in his sort of depression, depressive, uh, you know, funk to being back to the Kenobi we know at the end of Episode Three, who's an absolute hero, and the Kenobi that uh, we're going to see in uh, eventually A New Hope uh, when that releases in 1977. Um, I think young Leia, uh, the actress who played her was great. Um, sure. There was some cheesy stuff around, you know, when you have a child actress, um, of course it's going to be a little bit cheesy stuff like that. Um, the, the new villain, um, that they added, uh, Riva, I think she has played really well. She like the actress hammed it up. Honestly, it was fantastic. Like chewed the scenery, uh, Vader, was vader firing on full cylinders and if you don't care about like realistic stuff in the plot uh because you're watching a show about space wizards like if if you get mad because like um you know one episode um 
a guy chokes someone out uh, using his arm, and then the next episode you're like, well, not touching them using his arm, like force choking someone, and then you get mad because someone like survived a stab wound. Um, like, come on, you know, the Star Wars is not realistic in general. Um, so I, I ignore lots of the criticism thrown at Kenobi because it ends up being cool, and Rule of Cool I think wins in Star Wars. That being said, Andor is a good show outside of the Star Wars context. I'd say Andor is a good show that just happens to be set in the Star Wars universe. This follows the um, the cast, sort of, or like the main character of Rogue One, uh, well before Rogue One, and his entrance into the Rebellion. Um, honestly, I watched most of Andor not liking the show. Uh, maybe the first, like, I think it's eight episodes. I think I didn't really get into it till episode, like, four. Um because it was such a slow burn and uh andor is like an adult show if you, if you like like it's sort of like a war movie watching it um you know no characters safe uh there's a lot of just like slow world building there's a lot of like stuff left unsaid um that i thought was really interesting and once like once the show clicks for you i think it will really click for you i, I went from being like eh like Kenobi, I was like, because they released on Wednesday, I was like, I need to get home and watch Kenobi. Where's Kenobi? And then Andor, I was like, oh, I'll watch him on the weekend. I'll watch him when I have time. And then by the end of, end of it, I was like, I need to watch Andor. It's like Wednesday. Get get me home. Get me to that. Um, so if you like Star Wars, watch Kenobi. If you like good television, watch Andor. I'll leave it at that. Uh, in terms of Marvel, um, the show I want to highlight this year, um, or this, is She-Hulk. I thought it was a really good show. It made a lot of white dudes online mad. Um, even though I am a white dude online, um, that usually scores pop props for me. It's it's about um, Jennifer who uh, gets infected with whatever the Hulk has. Um, honestly, I don't really care. She she can become a Hulk, um, but she doesn't like rage out when she becomes a Hulk. She's like still level headed, and she's trying to like be a lawyer um well being the hulk and there's a lot of like fourth wall breaks apparently that's common in the manga or not the manga the comic as well um but overall i'd say like funny rom-com um or funny like legal comedy or funny like superhero comedy um the bad guys in the show are like literally just reddit which i think is hilarious um i would give it a watch especially it's like easy watching if you like want to watch marvel but you don't want to like, you know, be 12 and a dude and live in your parents' basement, watch She-Hulk. Um, now, now I'm just making everyone mad. All right, on to, on to video games. Um, so when I was making this list, I realized I play a lot of Nintendo and I would argue my, my gaming of this year has been lots of just like busy work games, if that makes sense. So like games that um, games as a service sort of model. So games that you can kind of keep playing and they never end, um, which is kind of sad. I'm I'm a little sad about that honestly. Um, but the games I mostly interacted with this year are TMNT Shredder's Revenge, Splatoon Three, Stranglehold, um, which is a PS2 game based on the movie Hard Boiled, um, which you play Inspector Tequila and you shoot everyone. Deep Rock Galactic, Pokemon Arceus, Pokemon Scarlet, Kirby in the Forgotten Lands, and Switch Sports. Um, there's some other games in there as well. Um, but like none of them really hooked me. 
Um, for example, I've been trying to play um, Dishonored like all year, and I just can't get into it. I don't know. It's like every it's a good game. Like I'm not saying it's bad. It's just like every time I play it, I'm like, eh. Uh, maybe I'm, I just need to get good. Um, but anyways, I'll I'll give you maybe a top three because the, the it's kind of kind of a. Um, I don't have a ton of games listed. Listed. Um, so Switch Sports, I think it was not filled at release. Golf is now released. Um, like it is kind of following Nintendo's model of, uh, you know, they release a game and then add stuff to it, which I I don't particularly like. But uh, Switch Sports, solely because it uh, gets us off the couch, it gets me off the couch, and I my head's a soccer ball on it. Um, also playing it. There's one moment when all my friends were at my place and we were like playing bowling or something. And it honestly looked like a Nintendo commercial, a bunch of like, you know, mid twenties, uh, people playing it at a, at a, you know, not a rooftop party, like the switch ads, but, um, you know, playing it and laughing and having a good time. Um, I think, I think it's good like that. Definitely not better than Wii sports, um, like better mechanically, but, um, not maybe like the best um game but it gets me off the couch which is a huge thing in my own own thing um i was kind of debating putting pokemon arceus or pokemon scarlet in one of the top three spots um pokemon arceus was a tech demo um very fun very fun i really like how they changed the catching mechanics so you don't necessarily have to battle you can just kind of throw pokeballs and run around and there's dodge rolling because Pokemon will attack you. It's it's Dark Souls now. I really like that. Uh, they walked back actually lots of the good things in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I played Scarlet. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet being open world, I think, was unnecessary when it could have been open zone like Pokemon Arceus and actually ran better. Um, you know, um, the gra like graphically, it's it's a walk back. Um, the writing though better than most pokemon games so good job um i think like pokemon arceus and scarlet were developed uh in tandem like they were developed at the same time and then the arceus team helped out the scarlet team is from my understanding i really wish they would have like postponed scarlet and violet and you know left it at some sort of state where they could have made major changes after player feedback from pokemon arceus um because both these games just feel like a tech demo and uh honestly in my mind um outside like the catching mechanic is very fun and i've played tons of scarlet um played tons of arceus because the catching mechanic is fun like that's a thing in pokemon um but i i think like both of them don't deserve to have a numbered spot on my list because like you can do better you can do better uh pokemon company honestly if pokemon company was like fully owned by nintendo I feel like we'd have like four Pokemon games by now and, and, you know, forever, but each of them would be a certified banger um, versus I feel like Pokemon releases too often um, and then doesn't, doesn't like commit to making super good games. Um, so I'm going to give my number two spot um, to Splatoon 3. Now I'm not a huge shooter fan, but boy, Splatoon 3 is taking over my life. Like, it's a Splatfest this weekend, and I'm like, I don't really want to record, even though I have to, because I'm late, because I want to play Splatoon 3. Um, very fun game, you know, are you a squid, are you a kid? 
The story mode's, you know, decent. It's really just like a puzzle platformer in that aspect. There's a card game mode, which I, I enjoy. Um, it's it's the most like, are we cool? <laughs> you know, like, hey, fellow kids game that I think Nintendo's ever released. And, and I think it really like gets the idea of like games for fun as this game is fun. It's, it's overall a blast. Um, I really like, you know, the fact you win by inking turf instead of inking other people or splatting people, as they say. Um, so highly recommend Splatoon 3. Get up in there, you know, get the splosher, follow the meta, stuff like that. Um, but that being said, my game of the year. Um, so side-scroller beat-em-ups is probably my favorite genre of all time of video games. And these are video games in which um, you can move up and down, left to right, and essentially you move to the right and beat people up. And I would argue the gold star, or one of the gold stars, one of the best of all times, is uh, TMNT Turtles in Time. Um, it's a game in which you're the Ninja Turtles and you walk to the right and you beat people up. Now, TMNT Shredder's Revenge makes me think, do I need to like plug that into the Super... Do I need to plug in the Super Nintendo sort of deal? It is that good. There's six-player co-op. That includes online. You can play as Master Splinter. You can play as April O'Neil. It just seems like the game, and this is by the same developers, I believe, as the Streets of Rage 4, um, or at least the Streets of Rage 4 DLC. Um, anyways, the soundtrack, bangs. The art, bangs. So much small little details. Honestly, such a labor of love for a game. I've played it so much, uh, mostly alone, because my friends don't necessarily share, and my love of side-scroller beat-em-ups as much as I do. But uh, honestly, for being like a small kind of retro revival, um, it is a labor of love. And I would easily put it, you know, as my favorite game of the year, um, even though honestly I have less hours in it than like most of the other games. But uh, TMT Shredder's Revenge, quality, A plus quality. All right, um, on to podcast. I'm just going to kind of rapid fire through some episodes that I thought were really good. Um, so I listened to like four, I only have three episodes for three podcasts listed that I regularly listen to. Um, I do listen to more, but I mostly listen to them running or maybe on the bike, um, but, or shopping sometimes, but some episodes that really struck out to me. Um, so on the rich roll podcast, Gustav Iden and Christian Blumenfeld, these two are what's called the Norwegian Train, and uh, they are arguably some of the best ultra-endurance athletes, uh, at least at least right now, arguably. I think they're going to go down as all-time. Uh, they're killing it in Ironman. They're killing it in triathlon. They beat the Sub-7 project, uh, which was finishing an Ironman in less than seven hours. Um, those guys are just like absolute beasts, and... Rich Roll sits down with them and uh, just asks them, like, what's it like? What's the training? And these guys are really good friends. They've been doing this together, like, for 10-plus years now. Um, and it's, it's nice to, like, hear what's going on because um, they're, they're literally they're just lads who, like, this is what they do. And uh, I, I thought it was really, like, cool to listen to them. Um, Mike Fremont, who I believe he's 100 He's a hundred-year-old like vegan athlete. Um, he he has a ton of records um, in in terms of running, just because his age group. He's like the only runner at that at that age group. 
Um, so he has, he has a ton of world records in that. Um, yeah. And, and he, I think he went vegan when he was like 80. Um, and the whole podcast, it really reminded me of like talking to my grandma, um, because like rich asks questions and then like Mike just kind of like goes off and says whatever he wants. He spends quite a bit of the podcast and, and I didn't review this podcast. I didn't review any of these, uh, before I'm like doing this. So this is purely from memory. He goes off and talking about like some rowing club he's a part of for honestly most of it and and how um, the lake association or whatever doesn't want people on the lake because it's an insurance issue. And uh, Richie's like trying to get him back on track, but honestly, he just does not care. Um, Mike Fremont, honestly a hero. Uh, highly recommend that episode. Um, Terry Crews was on the Ritual podcast and he kind of goes through his life and uh I knew like Terry Crews was like an alpha male dude and I knew he had some issues uh, and he was one of the people actually was part of the Me Too movement being like, you know, I'm being uh, groped by Hollywood execs and it goes through Terry Crews' life um, and his addictions. Um, Terry Crews is obviously trying to sell his autobiography. I got that from my dad uh, for Christmas. Hopefully it's it's a good um, book, but I really enjoyed the, uh, the listening to Terry Crews tell a story. Thought it was a good time. Um, Ed Winters or Earthling Ed was on Ritual's podcast trying to promote his book or promoting his book, um, which I also read. And the book's called This is Vegan Propaganda. Highly recommend the book. Highly recommend this conversation with Earthling Ed. If you don't know who Earthling Ed is, give him a YouTube, give him a Google. Um, He is one of, I think, the best vegan activists of the time. Um, Because Earthling Ed, he really talks about like the ethics of it. That's his angle. Like, uh, Ritual usually doesn't talk about, like, veganism on his own podcast, even though he's, like, you know, kind of the ambassador of vegan athletes. Um, but uh, Ed Winters really goes through, like, you know, animals have feelings. Or, like, the the whole idea, like, um, it's, it's wrong to hurt others. Um, it's wrong to inflict pain on those who can uh, perceive pain or, you know, whatever. Um killing animals you know puts them in pain therefore it's wrong to kill animals and everything from there um so i really like it uh give it a listen eat more plants stop stop honestly just stop fucking killing things oh i dropped an f-bomb um and listen to ed winters um wow i'm not gonna edit that out um anyways next is harvey lewis harvey lewis is probably one of my favorite athletes of uh the time he's i think 46 now he's vegan he's a teacher um he's like a high school social studies teacher and he's an ultra runner um he's run big's backyard ultra uh not this year but previously in which you run like you know laps um every hour um certain amount of miles every hour and you just go till you can't um harvey talks about his adventures throughout the world he's won um Oh, it's it's a race that uh, is through the desert um, the, a number of times. He's just like, and and he talks about his training. Like lots of his training is him just like running to and from work. Um, and obviously he doesn't just go to work. Like I follow him on Instagram. He does. He goes on. He gets sidetracked. Um, but it's a really good talk, and uh, I think it's nice to know like someone who's a teacher who's also like a world class at world class athlete. Um, because it, it gives me like. A little bit of hope that uh, I could be, you know, maybe maybe a great athlete myself. Um, that would be cool. All right, um, the Jordan Harbinger show. I rarely miss an episode of this, so there's gonna be a lot of them that I uh, 
talk about. Um, so Yasmin Mohammed, um, this is a woman who grew up and I believe Vancouver, um, as a like radicalized Islamic person. And, you know, she had no authority or agency because she's a woman, um, in that culture or in, in the, the group people she's living with, she, she was afforded no agency. Uh, she, her own description of herself was really like she's property of her husband or sorry, father than property of her husband. Um, and she grew up in the husband's, I think, second family, you know, with, uh, with his second wife. Um, so literally lived in the basement as like a second cast class family in her own, in her own house. And eventually she managed to escape. And now she, uh, you know, promotes, um, I guess, women's rights in, in Canada and throughout the world. And, and it's wild to think like in Canada, this is happening that like people like, obviously it's not the biggest fish to fry. Like people have been in polygamous marriages. Uh, though, you know, arguably I, they don't line up with my worldview. Um, but like how, how she lived her life and how she had no agency or power. Um, it's very like sad. And, and I think her story is, is really good. Um, and the fact that it, it's literally happening here is, is insane. Uh, Nuri Turkle uh, talked about the Uyghur genocide in China. Um, the Jordan Harbinger show talks about China a lot, and I really like those episodes. Um, but just like what's happening to the Uyghur people. And I did not know this, um, but if you're buying hair extension and it's black hair, it's probably Uyghur people. Um, so fun fact, or not so fun fact. Um, but more stuff like that on that episode. Uh, Marion Nestle, uh, spelled like the same as Nestle. Um, she was also talked about. Um, she she came out of the leaks of Hillary Clinton's emails. Um, she's a researcher who studies um, like food and and health and stuff like that. And then she kind of makes recommendations, or she used to make recommendations for the America's kind of like you know health stuff. Um, their food guide and stuff, but she is too political. Um, she's too political to do that. She has a book out. Um, the main thing she's talking about, like, you know, all these companies, like, um, you know, maybe Coca-Cola, it's Coca-Cola's fault that everyone's like, you know, out of shape or it's Doritos fault. Everyone's out of shape, which I think Doritos is fruit lays but she's like, no, these, these are not health companies. Like, yes, they are strong arming the governments, uh, like the Canadian government, not so much. I think our current food plate is, is very good. Um, but at least in the United States, they're stronger. I mean, the government um, to be able to sort of do whatever they want to make profit. Um, but like, she doesn't view them as evil because again, they're not health companies, and uh, it's up to kind of people to demand the government to stop taking their money and actually protect them from these like clearly harmful people. Um, she gets sued a lot apparently um, because she says stuff like sugar is bad or. Um, fructose, um, high fructose corn syrup is bad. Um, maybe I'm going to get sued uh, for that. I'm demonizing sugar, which she talks about. So highly recommend the episode. It's really good. Um, Ken Croak, he's an undercover cop who spent a lot of time in a bike gang. And he has a book out as well. Um, I haven't read it, but his story is insane. Like literally the guys he's with are like legitimately monsters and he's just like living his life as like a undercover cop with them and talking about like all the stuff he's done um and his story there like he can't share too much because um you know he wants other people to be able to be undercover cops but highly recommend uh listen to that podcast and then probably buy his book 
Um, Anja Shorthand. Um, she's a British lady who works in kidnapping insurance, um, the kidnapping insurance agency, and she just talks about how it works. Um, it's a re- relatively short episode. It's super, super interesting, though. Like, um, for example, you cannot know um, that there's kidnapping insurance taken out on you. Like, companies, when they're sending people to, like, sketchy areas, uh, will buy kidnapping insurance on those people. And then, you know, if they get kidnapped, uh, these kidnap insurance companies are used to talking to the people who do the kidnapping to, like, negotiate ransoms and stuff like that. And there's a whole, like, cottage industry of kidnapping um, pricey people and, like, the you know, what you should do if you're kidnapped or what your family should do if someone's kidnapped and uh, how that's dealt with. Super wild. Super interesting. Would highly recommend you give that one a listen. If you're ever thinking about getting kidnapped or know someone who might get kidnapped, um, Laowai86, he's a YouTuber, um, and he gives a two-episode thing on how China's social credit system works. He's lived in China a long time. I believe he's back in the States now, just based on the stuff he's saying about the Chinese um, People's Party of China, whatever. Um, And yeah, he just talks about how, like, you know, for example, leaving through your back door too many times might like lower your credit score your social credit and stuff like that and different things the chinese government does to control people so like you know for example um you can't just like not carry your phone with you in china because like lots of stuff's managed by your phone and you might think like well i just won't carry my phone and it won't be a problem um but for example you know now especially with uh COVID stuff you have to have your phone on you it's like i think it's a crime uh, because, you know, you can't uh, do your COVID, like, track and trace without that. And just weird stuff like that. Um, and how, like, China's using that to control their population to do more, like, positive things. And and when I say positive, I mean, like, things that are good for the government, uh, not good for the people. Um, and then last one I'll mention is Amanda Montel and how cults use language. Um, Amanda Montel has a, her own podcast called Sounds Like a Cult Podcast. I recommend it. I couldn't really pick any episode that I was like, this is 10 out of 10. Um, by the way, all these episodes aired in the past year. But uh, I, she studies language. Um, she's really interesting and talks about like how cults, for example, make you relearn words or use their own words um, to kind of make an in-group and an out-group. Uh, my favorite example of this is uh, there's a place in town that's a spin studio, and I you know, promote them, like no shade on them, local business, like power to them. But for example, I went in there to do a spin class and I was like, oh, how much is a class? And they quickly corrected me and they're like, oh, a clip, which is what they call them, is like this much money. And it's just like how cults use that to create sort of a community and then start to like keep you away from other people. Um, Super interesting. Would highly recommend it. As well as it sounds like a cult podcast. Um, I got into the Behind the Bastards podcast this year, which is them usually just talking about how people who are bad. Um, and they have a two-episode series on how cigarettes invented everything. It honestly blew my mind. I uh, would highly recommend it. Did you know Charizard is a product of cigarettes? Now you do. Uh, but listen to the podcast, and you'll learn more about that. All right. On to our next category, which is training. Um... This one will be pretty quick. Um, so stuff I've done this year training-wise, like I'm running lots. 
Um, I ran like 3,200 kilometers last year and I cycled some like maybe 1,500 kilometers. I'm looking to bump those numbers up, especially on the bike this year, uh, just because I like riding bikes. Um, but yeah, you know, running, um, cycling happened this year. Swimming, I, I got into swimming more than really ever. Not a good swimmer. I was supposed to join swimming lessons and then I never did. Uh, because like all triathletes, I'd much rather spend money on a bike than go to swimming lessons. Um, there I said it. Um, but yeah, I did a triathlon. Um, I did one. I'm hoping to do more than one this year. That's what I'd like to do. Um, I bought myself a very fancy bike. Um, I'm not talking more about the triathlon, by the way, because I did an episode on it, I believe. Um, I bought myself a very fancy road bike, which I love. Um, snowshoeing. I did lots of snowshoeing this past year. Um, I'd say though that my, um, sport trend of the year, my training trend of the year is skiing. Um, so last year I bought myself some like classic skis. Um, so I could go cross country skiing with those and it was very, very fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, so this winter, um, right around Christmas, I bought myself some skate skis cause I'd been skates, skate skiing, which, uh, with a friend, which is another type of cross country skiing. But it's the movement is more like skating, um, which is super fun. So that's my sport trend of the year is skiing. Um, I very much love it. Um, that is one of my new favorite hobbies is going out skiing after work, stuff like that. Um, on top of or the final little category I have is general trends of the year that I got into that I'm like, oh, I, I totally bandwagoned that. Um so you might know me as the, uh, you know, person who loves a good, good kitchen countertop thing. Um, you know, I got an air fryer this last year. I'm definitely in the cult of the air fryer. Get yourself an air fryer, make potatoes, um, stuff like that for Christmas this year. My birthday, I got like, uh, I got a soda stream and I got a blender. Um, but yeah, air fryers trend of last year that I happily hopped into, and would highly recommend uh the other trend which i guess i already alluded to is sparkling water got super into that this year uh it's delicious um i've noticed i drink a lot less alcohol because i'm drinking sparkling water more and i'm like happy to sit down with like a sparkling water um instead of you know maybe alcohol um which i think is a general health good thing probably not for the planet because i'm still creating waste uh, but now last was my soda stream. So yay. Um, with that, I that's all I have in my script. Um, you know, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of the Earth, Earth Decory podcast. I hope you will continue to listen in season three. Hopefully season three uh, follows my vision and is what I want it to be. And uh, you know what? Don't do anything I wouldn't do or haven't done. I want to see you all here next month, which the episode might be on time or might not. Um, I don't know the future. You don't know the future, but hopefully um, it comes out and you listen to this one, you tell all your friends, and then when the next one comes out, you also tell your friends about that one as you listen to it multiple times. Put those listening numbers up. Thank you and goodbye.